The sermon for the fifth Sunday of Easter is from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. The sermon is entitled, Let Not Your Hearts Be Troubled. Grace for us in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Yes, with these words, today we dwell upon the troubled heart. The disciples were facing the news of Jesus foretelling his death and resurrection, that there would be even one of them who would betray him, another who would deny him. And upon these words, if that wasn't enough, Jesus was instructing them, soon it would be time to go. Soon it would be time to leave his disciples to go to the cross and fulfill the Father's will. Soon they would seemingly be all alone. And this was the source of their trouble. You know, Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled because what he was about to do was go to the cross to die for the sins of the world, to prepare the place, to open paradise to them. Let not your hearts be troubled, even in my own suffering and death. But yet we see the disciples struggle with the words of Christ. As they ask, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Or the Lord chose us the Father, and it is enough for us. And thus, these statements were symptoms of why they had the troubled heart. You know, their, dis- their disbelief in God's word. Jesus had already told them what he came to do. Yet they say, Lord, we do not know where you are going. Number two, their lack of understanding of who he is as the authority, as they said, show us the Father. Yet they fail to remember Jesus saying in John chapter 10, I and the Father are one. And these are the reasons for their tension. For from that tension would flow their anxiety and fear as this troubled heart would be compounded by the cross, the fright, the fear, the upper room, the locked door for the fear of the Jews. And with with it all, it seemed like they were all alone in this. Yet here in John chapter 14, Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. And for us, we look back to the scripture and say, of course Jesus said that. Why are their hearts troubled? Jesus taught them. Jesus went. He did what he promised. He foretold and he finished it. Why are they troubled? Yet for us, as we live post-death, resurrection, and ascension, as we say the words, Christ is risen He is risen indeed. Alleluia. These are the words, aren't they? These are the words that quell the troubled heart. These are the words of peace that calm the troubled conscience. These are the words of fulfillment by Christ alone. 
who answers the very questions for the disciples, who answers the very questions for you. Because he has fulfilled the work of salvation for you. And you are there with him as a child of God. He has proved that in his work, he is the authority. And by his word, by his promise, what he says he did, and there he promises you, by his work, the forgiveness of all your sins. Let not your hearts be troubled. As we live and rejoice in this faith of Christ alone, as we live in the now and wait for the not yet, that is the tension, my friends, the troubled heart. For each and every one of us, it is all too real. Whether it be the fears of this world, the uncertain future, the strife, the violence, chaos, disaster, the economy, the list goes on and on with the troubling heart. The anxiety is stirred, causing great struggle, worry, and thus here we have in ourselves, in our nature, the troubled heart. But what is it about the troubled heart? The troubled heart exudes the illusion that we are all alone in this. And that is a constant struggle for the disciples as Jesus was to depart to the cross. And that's a constant struggle for us as we live in this world. But of course, as we read scripture, even this morning, we know that God is with us. Jesus says in Matthew 28, Lo, behold, I will be with you until the end of the age. Psalm 121, we read, The Lord will keep you from keep you in your going out and your coming in now and forevermore. There we lift our eyes to the Lord, knowing that He is our great help. The scriptures say this God is with you, of course, always. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. Yet our old Adam, the flesh, the sinful world, the devil will say, take cover because you are all alone. The evil foe says no one else can be trusted except yourself. But thanks be to God today we gather in God's word. Because here we know as we are in the word, we're not alone in this. God is with you. And in the constant struggle that we face, how easy it is, even with these words, to be filled with doubt, with wonder. Am I alone? All these troubles, where is God? And what cascades from this is the avalanche of disbelief, the deluge of fear that submerges our heart and mind, the troubled heart that stirs like a broken record over and over again, meditating on our worries, anxieties, fears, and sorrows and griefs, albeit with a heart that is alone. All the meanwhile forgetting the mission of Christ and the fulfillment that he has given by his authority. You know, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in the disciples' shoes. You know, I, I think, you know, when we think of trouble, we think of 
this time of trouble. But yet for the disciples, what they would witness, what they would endure, a heart full of trouble, even doubt. Yet the Lord gives them his word. The Lord gave them his word. Yet they were filled with doubt. And in that crossroads, Jesus says, the great I am. I am the way and the truth and the life. Kadri said it perfectly. Right? (laughs) That's right. You did. Not multiple ways, but the way. That means do not worry. Let not your hearts be troubled. Yet in the midst of of great fear and doubt, there we find the troubled heart, and there we find our own ways. When things are going well, we praise the Lord, right? Everything is good, all the pieces are in place, and we thank the Lord for all of it, of course. Yet when the things are going, when the things are going awry, when the struggle is here and the temptations abound and the suffering is all around us and we're struggling, where do we go? Honestly, with a troubled heart, we go in many and different ways. There we find ourselves searching, searching out for peace in this world, searching out for comfort in this world, searching out for the trust in man, our search, trust in this flesh. And there we look to the world rather than taking heed to God and his word. That's the tension, my friends. The world says, find your way, find your truth, your truth, a truth, a multiple truth. Find a life, the world says, because you are all alone in this. You are your own little God, and you need to flee to your own pursuits to find your way. And that's the idolatrous hearts, my friend, that we are so tempted by navigating and searching and seeking in this world as if the word takes the back seat as prayer has gone out of the window and our sinful nature grabs hold of that wheel. How our thoughts, words, and deeds, if we could just look at them throughout the week, how they humbly paint a picture as if our lives mattered the most, as if we were all alone in this. Lord, we do not know where you are going. Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Do you see this in your life? These doubts, this disbelief, this trust in a troubled heart, do you see it? Examine your hearts right now. And see your thoughts, words, and deeds. And what portrait they truly paint in your life. Because I think for all of us, all of us here, we look at that portrait and we repent. We repent and confess our sins, knowing full well that the portrait we paint is of me, myself, and I. But in that repentance, there our Lord is answering the questions. Lord, we we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus doesn't say figure it out. 
doesn't say turn on Google Maps and go from point A to point B. No, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one goes to the Father except through me, only Christ. That is the comfort to the troubled heart, only Christ. The way that Jesus had already taught them, he followed through as he went. Jesus says before he went to the cross, rise, let us go, the hour is at hand. It's not for him to run away. It's not for him to hide. No, he knew the time and he was ready for it because that's what the way does. The only way, the bloodied cross, the crucifixion, the Lamb of God, his sacrifice for you who delivers each and every one of you as the way. The suffering there as he stood in your place, with the sin of the world on his shoulders, bearing the cup of wrath as the way, purchasing you, paying for you, the redemption price, your ransom for your sins. To crush the jaws of death. That's what the way does. Death has lost its name because Jesus loves you so much that he died for each and every one of you for free. To set you free. To declare you forgiven. That is the remedy of a troubled heart. That is the greatest trouble in our life. And Jesus is there as your great physician to give you the truest and life-saving gift. That you are forgiven. Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us, the disciples said. Jesus said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. What Jesus means is that he is the authority. That even in his death, there three days later, his resurrection would prove that indeed he is the Son of God. He is the true authority. I, the Father, are one. And there in the empty tomb, to no surprise this was, Because what Jesus says he does, and there he destroys and conquers death and gives you everlasting life. Let not your hearts be troubled because you have everlasting life all by the one who died and rose for you. Believe me, Jesus says, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. The works of Christ. That is your faith. That is the peaceable heart. That is the clear conscience. The works of Christ. And your soul is comforted. Your stirring conscience, your terrified conscience is at peace. Because of what Christ has done for you by his very work in his death and resurrection. Let not your hearts be troubled. Because your greatest trouble is over. It's over. 
It's been finished. The power of the devil wrangled, muzzled, and crushed. Your sin and death answered for, accounted for. The battle has been won. In triumph, the disciples would boldly proclaim the great works of Christ. The early church, as many and many would, would come to hear the words of Christ, believe, be baptized, and be saved, evangelizing, caring for the souls, the church proclaiming Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. So it is for us today. It's no different as we here in 2023 boldly proclaim the same message, preaching and teaching, evangelizing, baptizing, and administering the supper boldly and confidently through the triumphant mouth of the empty tomb. Because that is what the I am brings for each and every one of you. This is our joy that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation covered by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, his own possession. And it says right there in 1 Peter that you, mo- that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. What a joy it is to proclaim the excellencies of God. Because you could never proclaim that excellency without his grace. You could never say those words without his mercy. But because of Christ, you have those very words of faith. You have those very words that you proclaim of the death and resurrection of our Lord for the forgiveness of our sins. Not only for yourself but also for those around you. I am the way and the truth and the life. It's not just a way. It's not just one of many options. It is the. And there in the the, the the, you have the answer for your troubled heart. You go now in God's peace. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.